bum, 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 bum. Welcome to the first podcast of Great and Games. Um, since this is the first one, we're just going to have to uh, brainstorm ideas. So, obviously, we're going to be in the gaming niche, but within that niche, the opportunity I see is the chasm between collecting and investing, which I see as the chapter three in gaming's evolution from kind of a hobby or a toy, doing it for fun, which is called gaming. And then what I call collecting, which is the chase, where you go into another stage of your life where you're trying to capture that nostalgia, looking back and filling in holes, chasing things, putting together collections. Um, It's very much driven by nostalgia. And that's kind of the bridge to investing, which has just taken off in 2020 to where the most valuable and explosive pieces on the market right now are the ones that provide nostalgia and they also satisfy the economics that are usually driven by ROI. But I think it has more to do with like human nature, um, kind of like the hunter and gatherer gene in us to where We're gathering this stuff as as a collection. But in the back of our mind, we're thinking about winter. We're thinking about things like economics, the monetary situation. Um, We've been burned in the past with things like stocks and money and money being printed and banks and all these other things that can just come crashing down in our life. And I believe that That's kind of the hunting part where you're not just gathering like a collection, putting a collection together, but you're actually thinking about, well, when I put out my hard-earned money on this piece, is it going to go up? Can it go up? Will it go up? Am I getting a good deal? Am I safe if I hold on to this? Can I get out of it? Is there liquidity? All the type of things that investors do think about. In the stock market, it's a given. We call it liquidity. You can get out of a stock at any time. But now with social media, you know, platforms like Amazon, eBay, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, liquidity has finally come into collectibles. So you're seeing things like basketball cards selling for millions of dollars and and comic books and muscle cars breaking records and and um, you know now video games are coming up five six and we're see, we're going to see seven figures soon. So the podcast really is going to be about that hunter, hunting and hunting and gathering gene taking us from kids that played with the games, young adults that collected the games, and now. We're secretly wanting to make a kill. When we go on Instagram, eBay, Heritage, you know, certified link, YouTube, and we're looking for something, we want to make a kill. We want to get it at at a good price. We want to get it from someone we trust. We want to make sure the quality is, you know, really good. We want it, we want it to be rare. We will also want it to be something that um, you know, 
touches us inside, tickles our fancy, pulls a heartstring, gives us nostalgia. And that's why you see all these these segments in the industry right now. You know, you'll see Nintendo take off, then Atari will take off, and then Sega will take off, and then PlayStation will take off. As we jump around hunting for that thing that we can always say, well, I'm nostalgic about it, but we want to know deep down inside can this protect me against fear because the bottom line is when you're talking about investments not collecting not gaming you're talking about fear or greed there's only two emotions that power the markets fear or greed fear drives sales greed drives buying when there's a sell-off the price goes down when there's buying the price goes up um, I just learned it's called FOMO, fear of missing out. But I think that's kind of a fuzzy word for I better get in now, you know. And what's the primary emotion, the, the primal, primal, primal instinct behind that? I think it's greed. No one will say that. You know, it's FOMO, it's collecting, it's nostalgia, it's, you know, it's my museum, it's this, it's that. I think greed and fear are the two things that people don't talk about. It's not sexy. It's not warm and fuzzy. So the reason I'm so excited about games and um, brainstorming ideas for this podcast mm -hmm. is that um, I'm seeing fear and greed in video games. I've never seen that before. I'm a first-gen gamer. I grew up in the arcades. I played Pong in the 70s. It was always about adventure, discovery, having fun, you know, hanging out with friends, going on a trip to go search down a cabinet, dropping quarters into the unknown. It had nothing to do with fear, greed, hunting, and gathering. True gaming in the first generation was more like a mystery novel. We were going into the dark. Our parents never knew what a video game was. You couldn't really go to the store and buy a console. You know, it was before Blockbuster. You, you couldn't see a rack of video games. You know, it was before pictures, before the internet. There was no hunting and gathering. There was no fear. There was no greed. There were no apps. There was no Google. So in the beginning, gaming really was a shot in the dark. It was walking into a restaurant with your family and seeing a, a tabletop in the corner, not knowing what it was, and begging your mom for a quarter. It had nothing to do with nostalgia. It had nothing to do with what title it was. It had nothing to do with what genre the game was. It had nothing to do with the platform, nothing to do with who manufactured the game, nothing to do with who made the game, nothing to do with... Um, what the graphics looked like or what the controls looked like all that mattered is that it was a video game and it was sitting there that's all that mattered in first gen gaming and we dropped quarters into the unknown left and right and the games were hard so i've been fortunate enough i'm so grateful that i've seen it all in gaming um i wouldn't call myself a gamer i think i was a gamer 81, 2, 3, maybe. I was a hardcore gamer, 81, 2, 3, maybe. Atari 400, 
but mostly arcade. I mean, it was all about the arcade. It was all about dropping quarters into the unknown. The other thing for me personally, I don't know if this is part of the game for others, but for me, it's about the music, the sounds. Um, because I don't know what the boxes look like. I don't know what the artwork looked like for all the thousand games I pirated on floppy disks for my Atari 400. So I'm not an expert on nostalgia because I don't know anything about comic books, artwork, artists, sketching, all the stuff that goes into producing the actual piece that we are investing in today which mainly comes down to the quality of the box art. So when we start talking about nostalgia, personally, for me, it sounds. It's like, do, 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 do. That sound of Space Invaders, the first time I heard that in the skating rink from like 30 feet away, my dad was a skater. He took us to the skating rink a lot. And the only reason I went to the skating rink was maybe there was a new video game that i had never heard of and when i heard space invaders for the first time i just could i can't get it out of my mind i'm 50 i'm in my early 50s now and when did i walk into calskate in norcal and hear space invaders it must have been in the 70s maybe late 70s that sound that I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. And if I could invest in that type of nostalgia, I guess I would invest in something like, like, like the score or, or uh, a sound, like an early soundtrack prototype or something. I heard people are now collecting prototypical cartridges and, you know, stuff like circuit boards and handmade cartridges are actually becoming a real expensive niche so nostalgia really comes down to the person i mean for me it sounds for a lot of the nintendo generation it's the early boxes for the atari people i think it's the 2600 because the vcs was basically the first console of the first generation and for me, my my mom was a musician and I was raised, she kept food on the table teaching violin. For me, it's about the sounds because before my Atari 400, which is the only console I've ever had in my life, full transparency here, I've only owned one console, a tape-driven Atari 400 ordered out of a magazine, you know, with weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months of... Uh, allowance saved up where it took five minutes to load games um i'm not an expert on nintendo for me nintendo's modern ps1's modern ps2 modern ps3 modern sega genesis modern but i think it kicks ass as far as an investment collecting type of thing but for me personally nostalgia comes down to sounds it's the sounds i heard in the cafes the restaurants the skating rinks the arcades pier 39 you know um santa cruz beach boardwalk dig dug you know these sounds so i guess what i'm trying to say is that 
as games cross the chasm between collecting and investing, I sense a hard line that people are taking on Instagram. And I can tell that's the platform that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go all in on. I've been dabbling with LinkedIn for 13, 14, 15 years. I've been dabbling with Facebook for 10 years. Um, I guess that's about it as far as social media. eBay, I've done that for 27 years. I've done Amazon for 20 years. I've done Walmart for a year. Um, I guess that does it for platforms. You know, I started on Sportsnet. I've done Buy.com. I've done eCrater. So I've tried a lot of platforms, but I've never jumped into a platform and on day one or two realized that something's bubbling up. And it's... It's funny because people out in the social media world are saying Instagram's dead. You know, it's all about TikTok now. But for me, being a lifelong flipper and reseller, 35 years flipping things, um, you know, 27 years online reselling, um, for me, Instagram day two or three is blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind. And here's the reason. Games are multidimensional. When you start talking comics, coins, baseball cards, basketball cards, um, even muscle cars in a sense, they can make a little sound. You can start the engine, do a walk through the engine bay. But like a comic book that's graded, and I'm talking investment-grade coins, investment-grade comics, investment-grade muscle cars, investment-grade you know, baseball cards. What can you do? You can flip it over and read the back. It's just 2D. I guess a muscle car is the closest thing to a video game, but a video game has three components. It's got the game, it's got the manual, it's, it's got the box. So we're talking about a video game that in itself is artwork because you've got a circuit board, you've got a team of designers, engineers, you've got a company, you've got you know five, six, seven figures of development behind that cartridge or disc, that data, that code, that in itself, I consider artwork. I don't think it's gotten there yet, but that would explain the interest in prototypical cartridges that are being graded and encased forever. Then you've got this manual. Um, you know, it's 2D, but it's historical. So... There's stuff in the manuals, like let's say there's an image of a Mario character that was called Jumpman before the Mario games came out in a game called Donkey Kong, and it explains in the manual how to use Jumpman and how to make Jumpman jump or which button to use. And that to me is historical. That's, you know, kind of like a comic book origin story where. I don't know much about comics, but I know the word origin story is used a lot and those titles carry a lot of value. And that makes sense because of historical value. When you do have a character like the Hulk or Spider-Man or Superman or Mario or Sonic or, you know, even Michael Jordan, whose origin story is that he got cut from his high school basketball team. You know, when you get these origin stories captured in something that's closer to artwork, that definitely carries extra value. That's a second dimension. Let's talk about the third dimension. Everyone doesn't really 
seem to understand coming from strictly gaming and that is the box art and the pieces that the investors are swooping in on and pushing up are the highest quality boxes they're usually going to be the softest material of cardboard so number one rarity number two quality number three artwork so right there you've got a 3d um collectible physical artifact right there because you know you've got eight corners you've got edges you've got crushing you've got ink you've got um the softness of these cardboard boxes like these atari boxes or these snes boxes super nintendo or even game boy boxes um i guess it's not the same when you move up in a generation and get to the plastic boxes but then again you look at sega genesis and, and and sega genesis is starting to take off this podcast by the way is august 6 2020 my birthday month i'm going to turn 53 so in early august i'm noticing sega genesis early generation um pieces are coming up and and already the market is placing a much higher value on the early boxes they are plastic but the, the, the shrink wrap around them is very delicate. So you've got multiple dimensions. It's not like um, investing in a coin that basically you're looking for scratches and damage and printing errors and stuff like this. But you don't have multiple dimensions. You don't have um, 3D damage that can occur, you know, from, let's say, crushing or just shelf wear. It's either the coin was circulated or it wasn't. If it wasn't, you know, is it perfect or not? Comic books, once they're encased and graded, you can't read them. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't look at the jump man, let's say. You can't look at where Mario came from. But in games, you can look at the artwork. You can easily pick up a used copy of the cartridge or the manual and you know if you want to do all three if you want to game collect and invest you can do that it's multi-dimensional i don't know if you can do that with comic books i guess you could but i don't think you can do it with the million dollar comics and you know what they call the keys the the four or five figure comics it's going to be hard to go pick up you know an ungraded copy to have on your coffee table to you know look inside and look at the ads and get historical about the the genre or the uh period or or the pop art that was going on during that time but you could easily buy a mario piece that's let's say a thousand dollars and then go buy what's inside on ebay probably for you know maybe 10 20 30 50 x cheaper so you could have a thousand dollar piece of artwork that has the cartridge manual and box encased in a plastic vga or wada thing on your mantle and then maybe on your desk you could have the manual you know and scan it in your scanner play with it make logos with it you know flip through it for nostalgia stake you could even pop in a cartridge 
into one of these universal consoles and you could even play um, first gen games you know um, there's so much technology available today where you can pretty much do it all I'm almost ready to say video games are almost 4 and 5d because I think 5d is when you start getting into timeless and in time space and that's what video games do. I mean, they can take you back in time and they can stop time. They can they can take you back to a happier time. They have that multi-dimensional effect because they've got sound. The collectibles themselves are 3D. They have multiple components like Mike Tyson has a letter. You know, not only do you have the manual, you might have a map, you might have the Mike Tyson infamous letter. Multiple dimensions. So I'm so excited about gaming, entering, investing, because I've been investing um, for my whole life. I've, I've failed miserably at investing. I've had a few home runs. You know, I've invested a quarter of a million dollars into my education, going to seven colleges and, and getting two degrees and dropping out of school and switching majors a million times and you know, starting companies in the middle and losing companies in the middle. I've been through the ringer in terms of investing time, money, energy into me, into markets, into, you know, investments, into assets. And I've always had a soft spot for alternative assets, you know, vinyl records, baseball cards, coins, never got into comics, but, uh, I was into cars. I grew up in a muscle car town, so that's why I bring that up. Um, games, it's weird. I hardcore gamer, eighty-one to eighty-three, and then you know maybe ten thousand quarters into arcade cabinets from like seventy-seven all the way to uh, twenty-twenty, and. Never really had another con. Never had a console actually. The Atari Four Hundred, I guess, is not really a console. So I've never had a console. Um, but I've bought and sold twenty five thousand sealed games so far, and I've probably tried a hundred or maybe a thousand different products to invest in over my lifetime. Over you know a dozen platforms. Been a reseller for life and. I've never been excited about a product like video games. I mean, I've been excited about stocks and using my MBA to pick companies and all that. You know, I thought about dabbling in Nintendo and PlayStation and Sony and Microsoft. I bought and sold Microsoft stock, and I believe Xbox is probably going to take the next generation because I don't think anybody's gone back to back. You know, the PS4 dominated this generation, and I don't think the PS5 can dominate the next because history just repeats itself right if ps5 dominates i'll be shocked but anyway i don't feel comfortable buying sne or msft you know and nintendo um animal crossing they just re released earnings and um you know blow out quarter the stock's going to explode tomorrow so this podcast the reason i jumped on it now is because it's like a perfect storm. You, you've got you, you've got the gaming industries blowing up. You've got, I guess, esports, which I'm going to have to go into, and I don't know anything about. Though I did have four baseball card shops, basketball card shops. I've 
you know, I bought and sold a million sports cards in my life. So I do know a little bit about sports. So I can probably catch up on esports pretty quickly. Now, um, my weakness, I want to be fully transparent. My weakness is that I have a bias towards early Atari and first-gen gaming. What I call first-gen gaming is my parents don't know what a video game was. Like when I was a kid, my parents, mom, what's a video game? I don't know what that is. I've never heard of it, never seen it. I was the first generation to discover this new technology. So it's kind of like the generation that grew up with a cell phone whose parents didn't know what a smartphone was or the generation that maybe grew up with fax machines. I used fax machines in one of my businesses when I sold basketball cards over to Japan and, um, it was a dollar a minute. All our business, you know, you take email for granted and chatting for granted. But back in the day, it was faxes and every page cost me a buck. And that was a lot of money, you know, in the early 90s. I digress. But I guess I'm brainstorming topics. And obviously, entrepreneurship is coming up a lot. Um, investing's coming up a lot because investing is not just money. It's about nostalgia. It's about capturing your childhood. It's about investing energy, time, and now it's about investing in content, social media, reputation, kindness, um, you know, community. It's very weird investing. Investing itself is involving, I guess it's evolving towards a global community. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I, I think investing up until now has been primarily a white, you know, tower where it was walled off with fees and, and you know, uh, specialized knowledge and technology that wasn't shared. But finally, with this social media crazy wave, it seems like the walls are coming down. You know, you can trade stocks for free now. You could, you, you know, you can blow up your account and... And, you know, you can lose it all. You know, it took me years and years and years to lose it all. Now you can lose it all probably overnight. I mean, it's a dangerous world out there. And investing, I mean, it's never been easier. So I think I want to I wanna cross investing with entrepreneurship in the video game space. So I know there's a trillion podcasts out there that talk about gaming, gamers, games. That's not what this one's about. This podcast is going to be about investing, entrepreneurship, um, maybe reselling. And it's going to discover the world of social media. Um, because I'm looking at all this stuff from the outside. Um, you know, Nintendo doesn't really pull any heartstrings, so I can talk about that kind of like an analyst talking about Facebook and Microsoft and Xbox and, and Sony and all these things without being biased. I can just give it objectively. I can look at these companies, these products, these pieces, this artwork kind of in, uh, in, a old school, um, unbiased way i am biased towards early atari but other than that when i look at nintendo sega playstation xbox to me that's all modern i just look at the piece when i say piece i'm talking about
complete in box or sealed. I'm looking at a piece, so I'm looking at, we call it a video game or a game, but I call it a piece, and I'm talking about a piece of artwork. I'm talking about a box manual game, just as it came from the factory, and um, it's still with us today in that same condition, and it re represents it represents so much to so many people, and that's what this podcast is going to be about, trying to figure out why did this game go up? Why did this game sell for this much? Why is this game falling off? Where will this game go? What about this title? What about historical value, nostalgic value, icon iconic value, quality value, market value? What about this platform, that platform? Let's talk about, you know, Certified link, heritage auctions, eBay. Let's talk about Instagram. Is is investing going to take off on TikTok? So I guess I'm going to somehow bring CNBC together with Instagram and and I guess that's it for now. Something, you know, Wall Street, Instagram, CNBC, in my own experience, to give kind of an old school view of new school. So thank you for listening. If you've gone this far, you're already a diehard fan, which is insane because this is Great in Games podcast number one. The day that uh, Nintendo released blowout Animal Crossing earnings and the stock is guaranteed to spike tomorrow, August 7th, 2020 in the US and has already gone up in Japan on the Nikkei um, because they're a day ahead. And I guess I'll close with more disclosure. 